0: Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Cloudy Society podcast. Um, the Cloudy Cast, which is pretty much the new name I've been giving it. Um, today, we got episode 25 of the Cloudy Cast. And um, overall, I don't know how many fucking episodes we're at like 90, probably, maybe a little under. Uh, but if you haven't checked any of those out, don't forget you could fucking catch them pretty much everywhere um, where you can find podcasts. Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, um, what other ones? And all kinds of other fucking, um, places. So, um, check those out whenever you have time, if you haven't. Um, of course, always feedback, whatever is always welcome. Questions, suggestions, all that good shit. Uh, as far as the website goes, I know that I haven't, um, been putting up as much content as I want to. It's weird, I do like spurts and then all kinds of crazy shit happens and then it just throws me off track, but, um, Uh, We'll fucking keep trucking along and we'll figure this shit out. I appreciate you guys um, always, though. So, um, oh, yeah, fall's coming. It's right fucking around the corner. I got a new fucking hoodie that's about to drop. Um, I don't know when. And I'm definitely not giving you a time frame because I'm just not. I'm just not. I don't want to say one day and then it ends up being pushed back. Um, So, today I got two articles. one uh, I actually got an email from 137pm.com the other one's from Leafly. Uh, those are two of my um, two of my favorite fucking sources to get articles from as far as the podcast goes. Um, always still brainstorming on different things to bring you guys as far as that goes. so um, we'll get right into it and um, yeah so the first one I'm gonna go over is uh, the leafly article. And then we'll do the 1.37pm.com article. So this one is titled, uh, USA Today Report, Cannabis Consumers Reduce Use of Pills, Booze. No shit, that's huge. So, uh, a new report by Gannett, the publisher of USA Today and dozens of other publications, has found that cannabis used by new consumers correlates with a reduction in the use of painkillers and alcohol. That's so fucking big right there, guys. A reduction in fucking painkillers, all these fucking pills that they fucking try to get you on and all this the opiate crisis we're having and then alcohol of course we know how that is so that's huge the study conducted the company's the study conducted the company's digital marketing arm local iq combined survey responses with mobile data uh, to paint a picture of cannabis consumers in legal states researchers surveyed 8805 cannabis consumers aged 21 to 64 across 21 states in which some form of cannabis is legal Um, I mean as far as cannabis goes uh, Hemp is legal everywhere I know some states are fucking being pain in the ass About some shit I don't know why the fuck they're trying to make shit so hard for people But um, uh, As far as cannabis goes I I think there's also a strong focus on THC here But I don't know But they did take 21 states And um, I can't wait till fucking the whole US of A Is fucking legalized um, Cannabis completely Especially the marijuana side So, um, Because like I said hemp's technically legal federally so let's hear it. one of the quotes says baby boomers that are not purchasing marijuana are 60% more likely than millennials to consider it that was definitely interesting so among all surveyed consumers 49% reported reducing their over-the-counter painkiller use since starting cannabis and 52% reduced prescription drug use so half and a little more than half stopped taking their fucking pills or reduced it that's fucking huge that's so big so so big um, and then another 30% said they've uh, reduced alcohol consumption since starting cannabis. That's also a big ass number and it'll keep climbing. And 60% said they consider uh, a healthy lifestyle to be a priority. Not sure exactly what that means, but um, the report split subjects into two main categories current consumers and so called acceptors, or those that would consider using cannabis but currently are not. From there, the report profiles three groups of current consumers, affluent families with children, baby boomers, and frequent shoppers, and asks what it would take for the cannabis uh, curious to actually consume. So first, we'll go over the affluent families. So affluent families, which make more than 75000 per year and account for 38.8 million U.S. households, are active cannabis buyers. Um, again, that's a number that's going to keep fucking growing, I guarantee that. Uh, The report found their average spend on a visit to a retailer was 50 bucks and the biggest factors in choosing a shop are the selection of products and strains 88% followed by the price and convenience 87% their top motivators for consuming cannabis include stress management 48% and chronic or recurrent pain 37% and 71% say they value a retailer that grows and sells its own products. That number is way higher than I thought it would be, but that's some fucking interesting news right there. So 71% say they value the retailer that grows and sells their own products. Um, So consumer behavior also depends on who in the family is doing the shopping. A majority of dads, 55% in the study, for example, shopped at an average of four or more dispensaries over the past three months. Moms on average shopped at only one dispensary over the same period, making them more lower customers, the report says. Despite high, uh, spending levels overall, the report found that affluent families are not loyal and are most easily swayed by a good selection of products and strengths. I think that's, they'd be pretty obvious. I mean, that's the first thing I fucking look at is the products that they have. And then, um, just like the order said, pretty much, but products and selection is huge for me. So, um. Baby boomers. Baby boomers are sought after demographic for many cannabis brands, um, and the report makes clear why. Uh, of the group surveyed, none spent more on cannabis per shot visit than boomers. More than a third, 37%, spend up to $75 per visit, while their average is on par with affluent families, 50 Uh, not only that, but boomers also had the largest percentage of acceptors or people who are open to consuming cannabis but currently are not. That could mean an additional spend of $1.1 million, the report found. In fact, the report found that boomers were actually more cannabis-curious than their millennial counterparts, noting that noting that baby boomers that are not purchasing marijuana are 60% more likely than millennials to consider it. One thing to keep in mind, I, I get that they're willing to spend upwards of 75 bucks. I don't know if the survey took this into account but um i'm pretty fucking sure that the affluent families shop more often than the baby boomers i'm just saying i think they stock up a little more so why so much interest this group views cannabis as a solution to a mirada of day-to-day issues such as anxiety aches pain sleep uh digestion and more the report says i personally use cannabis because uh, um, it, it definitely helps me with patients myself personally i'm way more patient with shit um i i take a step back and you know what i mean take any situation i look at it as a fucking whole um definitely tend to have shorter of a fucking temper without it so that's me i pretty much microdose all day so i'm not getting fucking blazed out of my mind but i'm definitely consuming on the daily for sure um but anyways so uh, let's see here. The report says the top reasons given by boomers for consuming cannabis were chronic or persistent pain. So 60%, 62% of them using it for pain and 40% are using it for minor pain or temporary pain. Boomers are also relatively loyal shoppers, although they tend to visit stores less frequently than other groups. Boom, right there. I spoke too soon. Roughly two-thirds, 65% of boomers who consume cannabis visit a retail store on a monthly basis. When they do stop by a shop, they're looking for a good price, 90% friendly staff 89% and a good selection of strains and products 88% so that customer service shit that's always fucking important so um, yeah I mean those are three key factors of course so frequent shoppers now the reports uh, third highlighted group frequent cannabis uh, shoppers do exactly that shop for the cannabis frequently of those surveys 70% said go said they go to a cannabis shop three to four times per month where they tend to drop an average of 50 bucks or more per visit. Most are millennials and Gen Xers. So 58% were between 21 and 34. Um, 35%, 35 to 54, and a majority, 54%, said they use cannabis to help manage stress. Uh, Frequent shoppers don't uh, just go to the store often. They also uh, are likely to sign up for deals and promo alerts. Of those surveyed, 62% said they are notified of promotions through emails or text messages, and 58% uh, belong to some sort of rewards or points program. Uh, What do the shoppers want? Competitive prices and a good selection of products are top of list, and 83% of the surveyed mentioning those traits. After that, they're looking for friendly staff, 80% recommendations for uh, treating specific ailments, also 80%, but don't expect frequent shoppers to stick to the same shop. The report notes that these buyers aren't particularly loyal. Uh, Acceptors. Acceptors are on the fence. They don't currently consume cannabis, but they say they'll consider it. In established legal states, the report found roughly half of the non-consumers say uh, fall into this category, and wooing them could mean uh, big bucks for the industry. Spanning many consumer types and ages, including millennials, baby boomers, and affluent families with children, the acceptor segment has an estimated market potential of $2.1 billion, making it the largest potential combined growth segment, the report found. And this is in fucking 21 states, where it's not even like completely wrecking some of them, so just imagine, imagine the possibilities when all the states are legal. It's fucking mind-blowing when you think about it. Um, acceptors are three times more likely to get information about cannabis from a news website than from their doctor. No shit. Most of these folks are interested in cannabis as medicine as I uh, more than three four seventy seven percent say they use cannabis uh, to treat a medical condition and twenty three percent think medical cannabis could help with the current health issue and are interested in learning more. The biggest reasons they consider using cannabis include to treat chronic or recurring pain 63%, to help with anxiety or stress 46%, and to have a better quality of life 41%. While acceptors are primarily interested in medical cannabis, the study found they're three times more likely to get information about cannabis from the news websites than from their doctor. What's in a brand? There's still very little brand loyalty in the cannabis space. The report found with 67% of the cannabis consumers shopping at two or more dispensaries during the past three months and a quarter shopping at four or more. So what drives consumer decisions to go with uh, one shop over another? Um, Of those surveyed, 80% said a retailer's reputation is extremely important in the selection process. So like the other more established market segments that lack brand loyalty, uh, the study found price selection and friendly staff stopped or top the reason why shoppers select a particular dispensary their survey gave these five reasons in order of importance reasonable prices good selection of product strains family and helpful staff or friendly and helpful staff convenient location products to treat specific ailments more information on port can be found on local iq's website i got the link if you guys want it uh, but overall i think this is a pretty fucking interesting article so, um, key factors here is that cannabis is helping people stop these fucking pain pills and alcohol and prescription drugs. So, um, can't wait till they fucking legalize it in all 50. Um, so that is that one. If you guys want the link to the article, always hit me up anywhere social at the ASAP Bravo. The other article I got was one that was emailed to me. And that one is, uh, from 1:37 PM. This is a short, quick little one. It's, um, help tips shit like that on um on instagram so this one is titled five steps to make your instagram better the age of anonymity anonymity oh, fuck the age of anonymity, anonymity anonymity is gone a thing of the past eclipsed forever with the analog days of your our lives are dominated by our, insatiable desire for information that comes at lightning speed and lucky for us the dependable interwebs are always at the uh, re- the interwebs are always at the ready to quench it anyone could take uh, to Google for a swift and endlessly satisfying investigation on literally any human being developing a personal brand is a way to control the dialogue about yourself To steer the public's perception of who you are social media particularly instagram is the ideal medium to define that image for two simple reasons one almost everyone uses a platform and has the reflex to look people up on it and two it's pretty much all visual and well a picture is worth a thousand words swiping right on a tinder crush a quick search engine prop will reveal where they eat drink hiring for a gig no doubt you're checking in with the internet before making any new employee official If scrutinizing people online is a routine behavior, then creating and cultivating a public personal brand, one that we'd want both our future boss and our future dates to see, is in our best interest. Damn, I fucking fumbled and terribly pronounced that word earlier. I'm sorry, guys. Um, But anyway, so number one, establish references. Yes, you are unique, but unless you've already got your shit figured out, you'll need some inspiration. Identifying some accounts that you look up to and enjoy following will help drum up visions of your own potential insta image. Take note of what kind of visuals speak to you and what captions you find most engaging. Those little things will reveal what you should focus on when refining your channel. That one's huge. I definitely do that. I follow a lot of the what I'm trying to do and working on and kind of what my whole shit's about and definitely get some good ideas from there. Thank you guys. So two, create a voice. Alas, the grammar is not all pictures and stories. Gotta fill that caption box too. Not everyone is a great wordsmith, but building a voice is about more than just penning a Shakespearean-worthy quip. Crafting a tone of voice is an essential exercise for any business or brand, yours included, and it basically boils down to deliberately creating your account's personality. Identity is incentric, oh shit, is intrinsic, but we all present ourselves differently depending on who we are interacting with how you pile around with your friends might best stay private, catch my drift. We're here to make first impressions and remain laser focused. Brand building is all about being calculated. Think of what you want to share on Instagram, more on that in a sec, and how you want to come off and define it. Are you authoritative, friendly, the everyman, motivational, informative, a niche person, playful, serious business? Your IG's tone of voice will inform how you communicate in your captions, and it's what will draw your audience in, the way you're you're drawn to those examples you identified in point number one. Three, craft your aesthetic. Aesthetic on on Instagram is everything. As if you don't already know. Once you've honed in on what uh, kind of image you'd like to have, you'll need to make some visual decisions. This one shows that you're not all over the place, and that strangers. It says, "Caught the kitty from the coffee shop." Cough. <laughs> this one shows that not. Um, all over the place and that strangers who land on your profile understand your essence at first glance no easy feat but achievable throughout careful consideration of visual assets be consistent with your filters keep your quality standards high and when in doubt use your tone of voice as reverence borrow meter it always helps to pick uh, four to six content categories and stick to those types of photos and videos that support your brand uh, this is what will hook and retain your followers so four to six content categories stick to those so, four, be authentic. Ah, yes, that word again, overplayed and buzzy. But it doesn't neglect the fact that be authentic is a valid and important statement, especially in the age of pick or it didn't happen. Uh, if you're not actually being yourself or if the personal you're creating is so far off, phoniness will transform and eventually be your demise with your followers and people you actually know. IRL. Five, out with the old. A simple spring cleaning never hurt anyone, no matter the uh, season in which it takes place. Once you've set sail on your personal brand journey, you might want to revisit some of your past choices and hit the archive button a few times. Tidy up the randomness that used to populate your um, now uh, succinct cohesive grid and marvel at how awesome it's become. Pat your back. (laughs) Still want to share things that don't uh, fit with the public persona you've built? Keep a private Instagram crowd for friends and family. Do not post anything outside the realm of your brand. See uh, Finsta, and everyone wins. Hmm. So that was it for that one. If you guys want that uh, article, I could, you know, what I mean, definitely share it with you guys. Uh, and if you guys want to know what Finsta is, it's pretty much a spam Instagram account where people uh, post what they are too afraid to post on the real account. Get it? So, yeah, guys, uh, if you guys want that one, as I said, hit me up anywhere on social, I'll get that over to you. I think these are some uh, pretty good fucking tips as far as uh, growing your, your audience, if that's what you're trying to do. Um, besides that, that's it for fucking episode 25 of the Cloudycast. Uh, appreciate y'all's time, and don't forget to check out the website and hit me up with any of uh, those suggestions, ideas, all that good shit. All right, guys, peace.